Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, it's our What I Haven't Gotten Around To show. All of us have a long list of things we were going to do during the safer at home lockdown period. Just the Venetian blinds, alphabetize the books on our shelves, maybe even read some of them. But what have we done? Nothing except make food, eat it, and clean the dishes. So tonight, we're going to get around to doing the things we wanted to do on this podcast, but haven't done yet. Like maybe stay on topic. Plus, how are we doing in the American minor outlying islands? Let's put it this way. We have a listener. <laughs> I'm Adam Felber. This show's human Roomba circling the podcast, trying to pick up stray pieces of furry irrelevancy and sweep them away. And now, please welcome the woman who sheds more topics than her cats do hair. Paula Poundstone. Hey, guys. Welcome, Paula. Oh, I'm so excited to do the things we haven't gotten around to show. Because right, I, me there's, too. there's things I want to get around to. Well, one thing we haven't gotten around to yet is welcoming tonight's house band, returning champion, and nobody, Harry Orlov, is back on the electric guitar. Ooh, nice. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Harry. Thanks for coming back, man. All right, Paula, what haven't you gotten to? Well, I actually haven't gotten her. I was going to um, uh, clean the Venetian blinds. Is that what you mean? I was going to dust the Venetian blinds, but I haven't done it. That's like a day-long project. Um, the Venetian blinds? Well, oh. everything in your house to clean it is a day-long project, oh, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, oh, the, with all the cats and whatnot. Yeah, and it's the whatnot. The dusting alone is enough to put you under. You know, you do it one yeah. day and then it's back the next day. And, you know, it's mostly little flecks of your skin. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. Based on the amount of dust in my house, I should have no skin. <laughs> you must be growing it very fast. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, I hear Tony Anita Hall. Did we say hi to Tony and Bonnie? We didn't. Let's start. Let's do that. Hey, Tony Anita Hall over in Sherman Oaks, California, our hi. producer. How you doing? Fine. Everything's great. Um, there are a lot of things I haven't gotten to. I was going to Marie Kondo my apartment, but that never happened. Um, what Marie that? Kondo, does that mean declutter? Declutter my apartment, yeah, where you yeah. you get rid of things you don't need anymore and you thank them for the time I, they've given you and then you get rid of them. You thank them? You do, you thank them. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, You know, with a gun to my head, I wouldn't thank the things that I, I'm getting away. <laughs> <laughs> honestly if it came to if someone was you know if someone said if you don't thank this tchotchke uh you know then i'm gonna blow you away i'd go you know what it's been a good run i i just can't 
I just <laughs> you can't thank Trotsky's. I cannot right, thank well, Trotsky's. No, no. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right. It well, makes all the sense in the world. Uh, yeah, no, that was a weird phase that gripped America. The Marie Kondo well, say goodbye to your things phase. Well, Tony, Tony Anita Hull is still in that phase, it sounds like, or is trying to get into it. I was well, trying to get into it. Tony has been a couple of phases behind for a while. Um, yeah. Like, like a couple of weeks ago, I saw her in Bell Bottoms. That's... Do you wow. see what I'm saying? Yeah, she's a little... She's, and, and, and let's not forget, as soon as we really learn the extent and dangers of this COVID-19 pandemic, Tony promptly signed up for a cruise. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. She's just behind <laughs> the phases that we're in, you know? Yeah. Uh, she, you know what would be good now? A cruise is what she said. Yeah, she was, gonna, she was going to vote Republican because she thought they were the party of Lincoln. <laughs> hey, um, I'm. Uh, we also want to welcome Bonnie Burns from way up north. Woo-hoo! Captain Crinkle, Captain Crinkle, Paul's manager, Bonnie Burns. our producer. That's my signature. Well, I have stuff to talk about tonight. You you do? Oh, I do. Oh, so in our last show, we were talking about our camp experiences, and I brought up that I went to Camp Coloqua, and uh, we talked about Wohilo being like our little sign-off thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up, and it stands for Work, Health, and Love. Wohilo stands for Work, Health, and Love? Yeah, so I'm thinking it's like, you know, the Jewish equivalent of Shabbat Shabbat. Wohilo. Okay, Bonnie. <laughs> couple, couple, Why, couple what does Shabbat Shabbat mean? What does that mean? I have no idea. They just say it. Shabbat Shalom doesn't mean, no. Shabbat Shalom means Happy Saturday. In Hebrew, and, and and because Saturday is the is basically for, for for Jews, Saturday is Sunday. Well, okay, but then it sounds like it has really no relationship to Wahilo. Well, no, I want to point it this seems out. Like it's a thing they say, like Shabbat Shalom, like oh, good to you. Good to but, you. But that's not what Jews do, Bonnie. Nobody just says Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> it's not. I want to point out two things. Number one, Shabbat Shalom has no relationship to Wahilo at all. And the whole Wahilo story you just told us has no relationship to the question you were asked. No. Wait I'm a just saying I have information. You checked in with me. I have information okay, wait, today. Tell me again. It's not like I'm staring at my bare feet. It's information. You were last week. Tell me again what <laughs> what what Wahilo means when you looked it up. What did it say? Work, health, and love. So you go, Wahilo. So it means Wohilo. work, health, and love. That's weird, though. Yeah. That's not a thing you say to someone. Work, health, and love. I mean, would you say, you didn't say have good work, health, and love. Have No, it's like I'm wishing you... Work, work, health, and love. You're, work, you're wishing me work? Don't wish me work. Yeah. No, yeah. you're walking by somebody and you'd go like, Wohilo. Okay, I understand how it would be exchanged between the two people. You don't write it on a piece of paper and hand it to them. I get that. But hold on a second. You don't say Bonnie, to somebody. Last week you told us, I'm remembering this, last week you told us that at your camp, people used Wohilo to say, go to bed. No, it's like the end of the night. Wohilo. Okay, but again, <laughs> what would you say? I, okay. It's nuanced. Would, it's nuanced. Would you I can't say translate this exactly for you people? At the end of the night, would you, you say people? Would you, 
at the end of the night would you say to someone, work, health, and love? No, it's like symbolic. Symbolic? Oh, oh, symbolic of what? <laughs> Stop fucking saying what It's like saying good night. It is it's not. It's a nice no. way. Night, good, what is Shabbat Shalom? No, good night. No. no. Shabbat Shalom <laughs> apparently doesn't mean that either. Oh, my God. No, you're like, you walk by somebody and you go, Shabbat Shalom. No, you don't. Right? No, it's not, not if it's not Saturday. Well, no, but if it is Saturday. Yes, it's a nice greeting on Saturday. It's okay, wishing so you a good... Okay, Bonnie, that would be like if it was Tuesday, walking by someone and say, good Saturday. Do you see why it wouldn't be the same? It doesn't matter what language it is. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm just so glad I don't have hair to tear out anymore, Bonnie. Okay. Because... I haven't even told you the best part. Yeah. You're not gonna, are you? No, I am. <laughs> so I looked up Camp Coloqua, and it still exists. Oh, boy. It's still in business. Oh, I'm so excited. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yeah. Camp Chafing Dish is still there. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> For those of you who didn't listen to last week's show, we also discovered that one of the things besides saying Wahila and that they did at Camp Coloqua was the campers would sit around the fire and make hot dough on a stick. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I just have to ask you one more question. No! Don't you think if you were like seven and like you made dough in a tin can and then you wrapped it around a stick and you roasted it, you cooked it over an open fire, you would think that was pretty cool? Which is why You asked me that last week. And I said, probably not. Well, no, this is what people don't realize. This is exactly why (laughs) seven-year-olds loved the Great Depression. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Because all they had was flour and water, and they were happy because yep. they could make hot dough on a stick. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God damn it, Bonnie. You, how, how, we weren't even like five minutes into the show before you completely derailed it. Well, <laughs> Hilo. No. Well, Hilo, Bonnie. She didn't. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. She didn't. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> Let's get back la, to the topic la, la, at hand, la, la, which la, is... Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, I, I got another one for you, Paula. Wahila! Wahila! Yeah, but this is what you're. This is what a lot of people aren't understanding about what Bonnie's telling you. Shabbat Shalom means Good Saturday, but means and all the other days. So if I'm yeah. going to say to you, you know, have a good Friday, I would say da-da-da. It's actually yada-da-da-da-da. Because it's derived from the Yiddish yada-yada-yada. Oh. Which means et cetera. So it's Shabbat Shalom. Yada-yada-yada-yada. Shabbat. <laughs> She's even got me off topic now. You know, Adam, one of the things that I haven't gotten around to doing, week after week, I've wanted to mention something I read about a while ago, and we've just never gotten around to it, which is uh, about sand dunes. I learned 
that sand dunes communicate with one another. Yes. Now you, we have we have talked about maybe putting that little nugget, that story, in the show for about six months now. Maybe and, a year. And here it is. They did a study at, at Cambridge University, and they discovered that sand dunes actually communicate with one another. Like one sand dune might say to another, "Have you seen Lawrence of Arabia?" And the other sand dune might say, "No, but my mother was in it." That's uh, sand dune. <laughs> That's sand dune communication. Oh, uh, you've been waiting for a year to tell that joke? About six months, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know why we didn't have that in the show. I read that study. It's um, it, it's it's somewhat interesting. It turns out that, that one sand dunes rises and falls kind of affects other sand dunes near them. And for some reason, they've expressed that as though they're communicating with each other. Well, they are. A sand dune will say, I'm coming over near you. And the other sand dune will say, no, you're not. I'm moving. Yeah, no, you can hear that when you're at the beach. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I haven't gotten to and that I've meant to um, is I haven't gotten to solving the murder of our intern, Doug. Oh, this is a mystery. This is a gripping mystery. This is a mystery. About three weeks ago, our intern, Doug, who some of you have pointed out, we haven't, we did never mentioned until he was uh, brutally murdered. Um and now we're trying to solve it. And although it might look like a cynical attempt to have our own little true crime podcast thing happening, it's not. Um, although I did learn one more interesting, fun fact about Doug, Paula. What's that? Um, well, you know that we always uh, kind of uh, just refer to him as Doug. Yeah. Like none of us knew his last name. He had one? Uh, uh, I thought he was uh, like, well, sure. I don't know if this is. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> See, Cher is a very famous, famous woman, so she could get away with one name. Doug actually had a last name. He never used it. Um, I think it might be some kind of a clue. His last name was Burns. Really? What's? Yeah, Burns. Doug Burns. Bonnie didn't. Bonnie didn't. Yeah. She, that name didn't. Yeah, Bonnie. Can you think of any reason why our intern Doug would have coincidentally had your last name as well? Oh, I I hope this doesn't mean there's nepotism in our in our intern program. <laughs> I, I hope not either. But it's just it's just another data point out there. Doug Burns, huh? I, where is he going with this? I don't know. It's uh, a, look, it's a we're it's following a common, all the clues, Bonnie. It's a common name. It, you know, it is. It's a it common is. name. It, it is absolutely have to. Yeah, I yeah. I always just knew him as Doug. You know, when I, uh, when I wrote his check, I would just write Doug. Never occurred to me. Right. Yeah. Those are some other data points. We know that you were you were feeling like you were paying him too much and you couldn't pay him anymore. Yeah. Um, he had recently gotten a raise. He was found dead near a copy of my book. Yeah. Apparently. In fact, the, there was blood on the book and then the, there was a dent in the side of Doug's head that was exactly the the, the corner of the book fit in there exactly. Um, and uh, yeah. we also know that that Doug that Doug's um, hand was a was apparently uh, burned like air fried like in an air fryer. And Tony oh, Hall recently yeah. got an air fryer, yeah. And there were two, so we're, there, we're, there was a husband and wife detective that were called to the scene of the crime, and that was Tom and Anna Delano. Uh, huh. uh, they, they wrote yeah. their first report on the, on the, on the crime scene. Um, on the tragic, tragic death of our intern, um, as we know, found, found dead wearing his signature kimono and jodfers. So, um, listen, nobody's out there. If you guys have any clues um, as to, like, what might have happened to Doug, please go to our Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone uh, Facebook page or tweet us. Let us know anything that you've discovered because we're just assembling 
all the evidence. Okay, this was a weird thing that happened, which is um, to do the crime scene photos, for some odd reason, Annie Leibowitz was called in. And so she moved oh. the, she moved everything all around uh, and, and posed the... <laughs> well, that's not what you're supposed to yeah, do at a no, crime there, scene. That's okay, the so that of, right yeah. away was against regulation. Uh, so we have to look into that. Why would anyone have done yeah. that? She she put well, yeah yeah she put Doug in kind of a you know a funny position with cat figurines around him, and wow. uh, nobody really knows. But that was after the murder, so I don't know something huh. so, some something fishy happened there. There yeah we 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 are gonna solve this one. I I I, I can't wait to see that picture by Annie Leibovitz though. Yeah. That sounds tremendous. Okay um. But we are going to get to some other things that we uh, we haven't done on this show, right, Paula? There's um... oh, there's so much that we haven't done. Yeah. Oh, you know what we're going to do? Let's, let's preview what we're going to do. Number one, um, Tony Anita Hall is going to tell us about a place that are apparently super popular in, right, Tony? I'm so excited about this. So popular. Okay, so so uh, Tony's going to put on her peplos and get ready for that segment. And um, something we never got around to, and I'm really, I'm really dreading this one, but I do have to preview it, is um, Bonnie Burns. There's been a lot of talk about there being a Bonnie Burns spinoff podcast. Oh, yeah. People are clamoring but, for it. But you haven't gotten around to it, to, to, to making it yet, have Cap- you, Bonnie? The, the Captain Crinkle spinoff. Yeah. Well, no, because I didn't want to be presumptuous. Well, right. Well, that. tonight it, tonight we're going to do all the things we haven't done. And Bonnie, God help us, we're going to give you a chance to uh, do your spinoff podcast on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? All of that and more coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Well, Hilo. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, 
How will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix sleep quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft (laughs) and and so comfortable honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Thank you, house band Harry Orlov. That sounds fantastic. Paula. Thank you, Harry. Uh, we're covering the things that uh, we haven't gotten to and we really mean to get to. Oh, man, that feeling that, you know, that that feeling that the itch needs scratched of wanting to get yeah. around to stuff. You know, my desk uh, and I really thought for sure, since I'm not traveling, that I would that I would get it taken care of. And I started, I was down like a couple of inches of paper bilge that builds up on my desk. I was down a couple inches. I was like, yes, I'm going to see the surface of this desk before before this virus releases us from its grip. And now it's <laughs> it's building back up again. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's frustrating. Well, but. you know, I, I do want to point out somebody has gotten something done, which is that Tony Anita Hull took the initiative and went and asked our listeners before we recorded this show what they haven't gotten to or have been meaning to get to in their lives. And so with that in mind, I want to bring Tony Anita Hull up to the mic. Tony, you're on double duty this week. You, we have another thing for you I later. Um, Exhaustive. What's on the... But this one, you don't have to wear a peplos for. What's on the hot sheet? What are our listeners saying they haven't gotten to? Okay, so Stephanie Lundgren wrote... I moved right before the stay-at-home order, and I thought for sure I'd be completely unpacked and organized by now. I've been working from home, so it's not at all free time, but still. I see. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's the worst feeling as a person who uh, struggles with OCD, not being unpacked. You know, I have to tell you, Stephanie... I think I was in one house for 12 years before I unpacked the last box. There's always that one box <laughs> that just has stuff that you probably yeah. never should have brought with you from the last place. Um, uh, but yeah. you just couldn't you just couldn't thank it and say goodbye. And so you still have it. <laughs> and yeah. it just sits around in a box for 12 years until the cats pee in that box. Um, that's usually. That's usually what motivates you. Know, we, you. Ha we have a similar problem in this household, and in some ways it's worse because uh, we bought this house, uh, I'm going to say, eight or nine years ago. 
And we were living in an apartment before then. And literally three weeks before we were supposed to leave the apartment and move into um, this house, a pipe behind the washing machine in our apartment burst. The whole place flooded. The fire department had to come. And because of the water remediation process, uh, process, we weren't able to pack up our old apartment to move here. That had to be done by professionals. Wow. I didn't know there was such a thing. And some of those boxes were, um, are still in our garage. <laughs> what, but are the things wet? So you have boxes of wet belongings in your garage? Oh, you got to get those out. You can, no, no, they're, they're gonna, not boxes of wet belongings. You, you got like a it's grove not, of mold back there is what you got. No, no, it's not that the belongings themselves weren't wet. I, I want to point out that the flood in the apartment wasn't like knee deep or anything, <laughs> but it, it was, uh, it, it damaged the, the floor and, the, and, the, and stuff like that. No, that was a big flood. I remember that. I remember finding you and Jeannie um, in the middle of the apartment in a tiny ship. Uh, and the tiny ship was tossed. It was a yeah. three-hour tour. Um, wow. So that would happen. So there yeah. were professional packers. What does that have to do with the fact that you didn't open the boxes and take the stuff out? I mean, did it matter who put it in the box? Did you guys say to each other, let's not touch that? Professional packers put it in? No, the movers, the movers were allowed in to put everything into boxes. My point is that because we didn't have time to pack up our own apartment, all the crap that we were going to get rid of ended up being transferred to our new house. Oh, and you just haven't gotten we, around to Condi, what was yeah. it? What was it? Marie Condiing it. I didn't Marie Kondo it yet. What? Yeah. Is it Marie Kondo? What is it, Tony? Is it? It's Marie Kondo. Oh, Marie Kondo. Uh-huh. So you didn't get so you haven't said yeah, okay. All right. So you got wet stuff out in your garage it's, that you haven't again, been able to wet. part with? No, it's not wet, and it, we are able to part with it. It's just that there are boxes that we haven't gone through because they're filled with stuff that we didn't want to bring here in the first place. Well, I have to tell so you have something. we to go through the box. If it was yeah. baby clothes, you can just throw the box yeah. away. Right. But again, because we didn't pack these large boxes, we don't know all the things that are in it. Well, is- so just because there's baby clothes on top doesn't mean that there's not like a, you know— uh, grandma's diamonds in the middle. All right, let me just say this, listeners. Um, if Doug's body goes missing, I know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tony, read us another one. Uh, this is from Dottie Michaels Lewis. Paint the bathroom I started seven years ago. So oh, for Dottie. Dottie, the pandemic started seven years ago? Boy, she's like Nostradamus. She saw this whole thing coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess what she's saying, and Tony, back me up if, I, if I'm right, um, and, and keep quiet if I'm not. What she's saying is that she really thought that during this pandemic is when she'd finally get that done. Yes. No, 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 no. Dottie, seven years ago, saw the pandemic coming, uh, and so she started painting her bathroom. You're not reading between the lines. and uh, I'm, I'm definitely not. Yeah, and and in, she started seven years ago painting her bathroom. Wow, this a must long be time ago. a fucking huge bathroom. Yeah, it's got to be, Dottie. If you need help in there, uh, <laughs> yes, you'll have to wait till the pandemic's over. No, it sounds like the it sounds like the bathroom is big enough that we could stand six feet apart 
and you know and help her paint right exactly and we still have plenty of room uh, on the on the walls to uh, paint oh that's going to be nice all right so so Dottie Dottie write back to us and let us know if there's a wing of your bathroom that we can help paint <laughs> <laughs> what else you got Tony Wait, I wonder if Dottie has done that thing for the last seven years, which is what I do, which is um, I put something on my list of things to do. And then when I don't do it, I just move it to the next day and move it to the next day. So she could have like Uh a whole pad of paper, right, that just already pre-printed on the top of the page, paint the bathroom. You know what I mean? That way there she doesn't have to keep writing again. She can pre-print her to-do list because she never does it, is what you're saying. Yeah, the Dottie Michaels Lewis uh, things to-do list that comes already pre-printed with paint the bathroom at the top. I like that. Uh, all right. I do, too. Tony, what else? Uh, this is from Anne McCammon Mueller. I wanted to open up my clarinet case to become the player I was in 68. Whoa. Wow. Whoa or whoa? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa or whoa? <laughs> I think it was whoa. Whoa. Um, well, W-O-E. W-O-E. I think we all know what happened there, which is that uh, Anne McCammon Muller was well on her way to becoming a world-renowned clarinet player when her husband took a job as the special investigator on uh, the Trump-Russian uh, collusion uh, investigation and and then she just lost her focus. That's what happened there, because she's uh, this is this is um, Robert Mueller's wife Anne McMahon. Now, <laughs> now Paula, as much as I like to um, endorse your tendency to to relate almost everything that that comes up to the Trump administration and the Mueller investigation, um, Anne is quite clearly stating that she wants to become the player that she was back in 1968. Yes, but she was on her way to becoming the player that she was back in 1968 when um, the the Mueller investigation just took over their house. You know what I mean? There were papers everywhere. She couldn't, she just couldn't, you know. I every, see no evidence of that No, anywhere. this is absolutely true. And every time she tried to practice, you know, Ah, 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 ah. Robert Mueller was like, Anne, could you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to go over the Mueller report. <laughs> um, this is exactly what happened. This is exactly okay. what happened. Um, and uh, I guess that's, well, I guess, you know, we did see the name Mueller, so that's yeah. going to trigger No, this you, is exactly sure. <laughs> what happened. And so she, as many women do, put aside her own career so that Robert Mueller could lean into the microphone at a critical point in American history and go, that is true. I don't recall. All right. I believe that's factual. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't comment on that. And I would rather, frankly, moment. I would rather, instead of Robert Mueller testifying, I would rather Anne have come in and played the clarinet. I think we would have been further down the road. <laughs> Tony, what's next? Um, This is from Sid Crumley. I thought I would get around to working on a mosaic project that's been sitting around for a couple of years. No luck so far. I have listened to all 100 episodes, though, many of them multiple times. Adam won't like this, but my favorite parts of number 99 and number 100 were the opening few minutes hearing what Paul and Bonnie had been up to. (laughs) I I wasn't even mentioned either. Adam, I wasn't even mentioned. That's okay. So, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't dislike that. 
No. That's fine, Sid. Uh, absolutely fine. No, you know, for, you know, you, you, for a lot of listeners, uh, episodes 99 and episode 100 uh, were beloved uh, because Bonnie and I were able to <laughs> share what we had been up to. Um, yeah, a lot of people just cry out wanting to know what Bonnie and I have been doing in our separate dwellings. Um, oh, I, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I think of them both as, as Doug's last episodes. <laughs> In fact, one of the things you know, our, Bonnie said when you said, what, do you, what have you been up to? She said, bludgeoning Doug uh, was... <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my God. Yeah. She, Why would we have forgotten that important detail she, until just uh, yeah, now? Yeah, this could solve the mystery right here and now. She... I mean, she may or may not have been kidding. You know what I love about this Sid Crumley? A, I love the name Sid Crumley. But B, what I love about this is... You know, as a general rule, when we ask Bonnie what she's been doing, like when at the beginning of the show, we've been doing this since we've been all recording separately in our dwellings right. instead of in the studio. We've been checking in with, you know, each of our, our, our little uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone uh, cast, so to speak. And we've said, hey, what have you been up to? What are you doing? What's new? And Bonnie's traditional answer is, um, I'm laying on the couch. I'm laying on the bed. I'm laying on the or fancy. Literally, I'm looking at my feet. Yeah, but this for Sid in episodes 99 and 100 was riveting. For whatever reason, it spoke to her. Yeah, it spoke to Sid. Uh, uh, do you think it's a, a female Sid or a male Sid? I don't know. There's there are both out there. Yeah, Tony. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm sorry. Or it could be a gender really? fluid Sid. We really have no. Yeah. We have yeah. no. Look, we're not. Yep. We're not judging. It's a, it's they. Let's just call them they. I'm not good with the new pronouns, by the way. How is this Sid spelled, Tony? S Y D. Ah, interesting. Yeah, but that could have just been spell check. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. All right. It's actually else, Barbara Crumley, the but the spell check is segment. vicious. Um, one last one. Kate Eels wrote, "She better check that ear for lost items." Oh, meaning, Better check that ear for lost items. Meaning that Kate <laughs> needs to check the ear for, for, for lost items because... I think Kate, um, Kate needs to check her ears. Oh, I, you know what? Right. I don't know if I... Because as we learned on this show a couple of weeks ago, it might have even been episode 99 um, or 100, Bonnie Burns uh, had a terrible pain <laughs> in her ear for about a week. Um, and uh, finally she went to a doctor and it turned out that she had... Um, a piece of an earbud lodged deep in her ear canal and had had that for about a week. No, it was the whole bud. No, it no, was it a bud cover. It was cover. the silicon top. No, it was a whole cover. It was a whole bud cover. Yes. Okay, the weird part yeah. about this story isn't that, because I have to confess that after I laughed my ass off about that, um, uh, I went to, I was having a hard time fitting an earbud in my ear um, at, a, at, a, at a section of something I was recording one day, and I couldn't figure out why the damn thing wouldn't go in. And then I realized I, I had the cover from another set of earbuds still in my ear. So I, it's, Okay, so that really happened. It did really happen. It happened just l last week, I think. But then uh, the so other... So let me ask you a really important question, yeah. Paula. How many days approximately was that thing lodged in there? Then? No, it was a, a couple of, it was like a couple of minutes. 
It wasn't it, a couple of it minutes. Was a, a couple of minutes. But apparently, are you listening, Bonnie? If you, if you don't have, if you if you have clear enough ears, did you hear that? It's a couple of minutes. It wasn't a week during which Paula found herself in pain and bleeding from the ears and having headaches and her jaw hurt. But apparently, some a couple of minutes. Some other listeners did write into our Facebook page and say that they too had gotten like the earbud cover, which by the way, earbud cover makers, what are we discovering? That they had got the earbud cover <laughs> uh, stuck in their ears. Maybe not a great idea to use the earbud covers. But here's the difference between Bonnie's experience, and this may be what gripped Sid Crumley on the edge of uh, their seat in episode 99 or episode 100. In Bonnie's experience, it turned out uh, she was using her ear as a step of Marie condoing her home because underneath, <laughs> instead of saying goodbye and giving away the items that were precious to her uh, or had been formerly precious to her that she didn't need anymore, what she was doing was putting them in her ear because underneath the earbud cover... They found a pool cue and <laughs> a copy of Little Women. Yeah. So she was just, right. you know, when you have a book and you're like, well, I read it already. Should I get rid of it or should I keep it so I can show people that I read it? What if I do a Zoom call? I need something behind me. But Bonnie was it was putting these things in her ear. And so that's really the difference between her and these other uh, so and that is a that is a significant difference. Yeah, yeah. She didn't just have a little teeny piece of plastic. She had, she had the goddamn congressional library. There was the this <laughs> a whole wing of the Smithsonian was in Bonnie's ear. I think it was colonial history, wasn't it, Bonnie? Uh, frontier. <laughs> Wagon trains 101. Frontier wagon trains 101. Oh, look, there's a yoke. Thank you, Bonnie. There's a yoke in there that you might put over an oxen. That's Uh, For oxen, yeah. An an ox yoke. You know, Bonnie and I go long, long, long times without seeing each other. You know, because we talk on the phone. That's how we do our business. We mostly just talk on the phone or email. But, I mean, we can go months, if not years, without actually seeing one another in the flesh, which is probably bad because I remember I saw her one time and her head was, like, totally leaning over to the left. And now I realize... (laughs) I should have said to her, "Do you have, is it is it me or do you have a yoke, uh, an oxen yoke, in, in, a yoke in, in your, your ear. left ear?" I used to use that line and in, in bars and stuff. Is that an oxen yoke in your ear, or are you just happy to see me? Yeah, and she would say to me, um, "My left ear." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, nobody's. Uh, we want to thank you for for stepping up and telling us what you haven't done. That was really entertaining. I can't. W- I can't wait we- till they get these things done and have that good feeling. I can't wait to see that that shiny, bright, painted bathroom that Dottie Michaels Lewis has. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic, and we can celebrate by all dancing to the clarinet tunes of Anne McCammon Muller. Yeah, the the Muller Report <laughs> singing a different, playing a different tune now. When we come back, we'll see how popular we are in the American minor outlying islands. Plus, God help us, we're going to debut the Bonnie Burns spinoff podcast. That's all coming up on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. 
the cat of the week is Winston of Columbia, Maryland. back everybody a big thanks to harry orlov you're playing us uh proud today harry thank you Paula harry. Poundstone. <laughs> now uh, as we covered a couple of weeks ago on this podcast um our listeners have been suggesting not only have they been suggesting that bonnie burns do a spin-off podcast um but they have been suggesting titles for the podcast and we went through a bunch of those a couple of weeks ago i only remember a crinkle in time a Crinkle in Time was a good one. Yeah, um, was, um, was, but, you know, Bonnie has chosen a name. And, Bonnie, we're going to bring you up to the mic, and then we're going to, uh, you know, fade out and fade up some theme music, I guess, or something, and we're going to start your podcast. So come on up here, Bonnie Burns. Okay, well, it's a little difficult to bring me up to the mic yeah. since I'm sitting here talking into the phone and the, right here in my bedroom. Well, let's be honest. Well, a way to <laughs> shatter the illusion, Bonnie. <laughs> Not that I want you to think that I'm an antagonistic host or anything. No, you're not a host yet. We have we haven't gone to your podcast. Shabbat Shalom, Bonnie. Okay. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom. You're you're still oh, a guest, Bonnie. Well, hello. <laughs> well, <hello. laughs> yeah. Da, so, da, 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 da. Now, Bonnie, we're going to start your podcast in just a minute, but I understand that you have chosen um you've chosen to have a guest to interview on on the on the first uh, episode of your podcast, have you? I am. This is my trial run and who I've chosen to interview is you, Adam. Yeah. Oh boy. Adam Felber. <laughs> oh boy. Adam Felber. Adam Felber, who went to Tufts University. Wait, wait, wait. Don't start your podcast no, yet. I'm setting this up. I wanted pre. This a prelude. He went to okay. Tufts University and he majored in philosophy. It's not true, but I. Well, that's what you have on your Facebook page. That I majored in philosophy. Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. It's, well, what um, did you major in? I double majored. It was philosophy and English. Um, um, but don't interview me now. Wait until wait until we start the podcast, Bonnie. Have you chosen a name for your podcast? By the way, Adam. Well, I, both 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 philosophy and English pretty much cash cows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say for sure. But you know, Paula, in my family, I will point. Yes. Okay, I'll go first since I'm about to be the host. Yeah. And my but you're family, not. <laughs> no. Well, in my family, what my dad would have said is, yeah, and what's that going to prepare you for? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he wasn't if, wrong. He wasn't yeah. wrong. Um, so, Bonnie, have you chosen a title for your podcast? Okay. Well, this week, if I'm going with Trisha St. George's title, Nobody Crinkles Like Captain Crinkle. Oh, that's a nice one. Nobody crinkles like Captain Crinkle. I, I like that. I would have preferred a crinkle in time, but it's not my choice. Um, so, Bonnie, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to sign off. Uh, and through the magic of post-production, we'll then bring up your, uh, your theme song. And then the podcast is yours. You're the host. Okay? Okay. Well. Then here we go. Ladies and here's, here's the Wait. first thing. I wasn't really planning on doing it this formally. I thought I would just uh, just kind of like jump in and start interviewing you because nope. I never really owned up to that I would have a show since yeah. my job is to manage Paula Poundstone. But yeah, well, you, now you got a show, and you're going to have to say hello and welcome everybody at the end of the theme song, which starts. Bonnie, get ready. <laughs> which starts now. Okay. I already love it. Hey, folks, 
It's me, Captain Quinkle. Okay, I just want to explain. Here's where the genesis of this was. It was not my idea. Nobody started writing in and saying, I think Captain Quinkle should have a post show. And I will say that if I did have a post show, my expertise is kind of, you know, behind the scenes. I talk to everybody and I kind of get the more personal angle, not the professional like the kind of questions you guys ask him on the air. This is exactly the way Cavett used to open his show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Adam, come on up to the mic and who you know, me? Yeah. You're not going to introduce me. I just introduced you. You said so, Adam. That's not introducing no, me. No, I said you went to Tufts. Okay. Ladies, no, I don't. Nobody's. I'm really glad you're joining me after the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Why don't we welcome the co-host of Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, Adam the Felber. Yay! Yay. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm honored to be the first guest on your podcast. Okay. So, Adam. Yes. uh, You know, you said on a show the other week that you'd been working with me for three and a half years, and I knew almost nothing about you. What would you say is the biggest thing that I don't know about you? The biggest thing that you don't know about me? Well, yeah. Um, like the most wow. important thing that I don't know. The most important thing about me that you don't know. That you don't yeah, know. like the biggest uh, thing. God, wow. do I have to spell That's everything a, that, out to you? Wow, I was just thinking. <laughs> wow, what kind of, kind of fucking hosting is that? I don't, I don't want to torpedo. I'm your guest. I, I don't want to torpedo your show, Bonnie, but I've heard before that Felber is a tough interview. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I, I think one of the most important things um, that you don't know about me is I have created and directed a variety of really interesting improv comedy shows, including two different improv, three different improv musicals. So he's, Adam is finding about himself as he's talking to you. First he thought it was two, and then it turned <laughs> out it was three. So boy, you are really getting some interesting I stuff another from one. him. Because... In the well, past, well, he's always Paula, said it got, was two, and then today he discovered that it was three. <laughs> so you're getting an interview that I'm no just, one else has ever gotten. Okay, you said broad, on Broadway improv shows. No, improv improvised Broadway musicals, but not on Broadway. It was actually just off Broadway. One of them. On Broadway or off Broadway? Off Broadway, they were Broadway style musicals, improvised, fully improvised. You know, I I, okay. I hate to say this, and I and no disrespect to hearing impaired people, but it gets harder and harder to be an interviewer if you can't hear the guest. <laughs> no, <laughs> I tuned out. What? <laughs> you tuned out? You actually said that you tuned out? You asked me one question and no, you tuned I out the answer. <laughs> You didn't even get no, through the I first was... question of your interview without losing interest. No, I was just thinking for one minute about something else. So, wow. Let's go on. I just, no, no, you I know what? Remember we remember if you said Broadway no, or not. We have to stop and focus on this because this is, you know, uh, Terry, Terry Gross, eat your fucking heart out. Um, do you... No, I do heard you hear, and no offense. Do you hear the raw what? vulnerability in this in this host? <laughs> the idea that she just confesses right up front. 
Second question, guest. I just tuned out. I just paid no attention to what you said. I, we be, we begged right, you Bonnie, to come on the no, show. Adam, we begged to be able Bonnie, to interview you. let's let you continue the <laughs> I heard Broadway, and to be honest, I was like, he did a show on Broadway? That's really impressive. <laughs> that I was thinking, oh, did he say off-Broadway? <laughs> I, in fact, said neither at the time. I just said musicals. So, um, so you okay. just went. No, and it, I already know that you're very talented. So you, okay, Bonnie, let's move Bonnie, on. you mentally no, went but, down, when when Adam talked. You mentally went down the rabbit hole of trying to decide if he was bullshitting you or not. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he ever bullshits me. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I think that he. I don't. I'll just move on. Okay. Yeah, okay. See, you're interviewing me. I'm, I'm your subject. Go ahead. All right. Okay. So, um, let's see. All right. So, Adam, when you were like, how old were you when you went on your first date? My first real date date? Yeah. Um, wow. I would say that it, the first time it was really, really a date would be 17. 17. Yeah. And I learned the truth at 17. <laughs> Did you ask if I was bald then? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Bonnie, I'm just going to, this is your podcast. I'm going to answer your question, okay? Um, um, no, Bonnie, I wasn't bald when I was 17. No. <laughs> Sorry. Adam. No, I didn't mean that. Oh, go ahead. No, Adam. Help me out. Adam, don't take offense. She once interviewed Eisenhower, asked him the same fucking question. Oh, that, that makes it better. No, no look, I, Adam, I think you look great bald. Your sister just posted a picture of you with hair, and I think you look much better bald. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my sister posted okay. a picture of the, the way my hair looked when I was much younger, and um, I had a gigantic and long head of hair at one point all the way down to the small of my back. Which, by the way, okay. this is listeners don't know what you look like, Adam. Um, the small of his back is like three quarters of the way up his back. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Was it hard for you to get the nerve up to ask her out? Like, did you have to spend days getting your nerve up? No, because, you know, like, I was never like an ask people out kind of thing. It was sort of like we'd be hanging out and then we'd. Uh, it would become really obvious that we were sort of becoming boyfriend and girlfriend, and then and then we'd propose going places together. So no, there I I was never in a position, I, I hardly ever in my life where I was just sort of like, "Hi, would you go out with me?" That just was never my style. So you were halfway um, through a date before you would tell the girl it was a date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't really dates. I was never a dater so much as a hanger outer. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I was always dating people that I was friends with, usually doing shows with, working with. Um, right. Maybe there are people who'd meet me after shows and, and, and want to come out for a drink. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then you'd put a move on them somewhere? Or they'd put a move see. on me. I, I, you know, I was always really shy about that. I usually, uh, to be honest, would l let women make the first move. Wow. Well, you know, a lot of women don't trust a guy who's the small of his back is halfway up his back. <laughs> That's probably why I, I was self-conscious about it. Yeah. Was there a lot of pressure, Adam, in your family for you to get good grades? 
Yeah, it's a pretty, yeah. I mean, I was, I always got good grades and I think that, so the, the pressure was really more on my older brother and my younger sister, sort of the, why won't you get the grades that Adam gets kind of thing. Oh, oh. oh. So you couldn't have just loafed around and... I was a, a good no. I I loafed around plenty. I was a really good and still am a really good test taker. So f- for all the things I didn't get done in school, I'd always redeem myself by doing really well on tests. That would that was really it. Huh. Okay. So you know, a lot of times they say like really smart kids can be precocious. Were you precocious? Um. Yeah, I guess I was. I, yeah, I was precocious. He was, so, um, this is something people don't know about Adam. He was on the uh, city council when he was four. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Paula, I, was, I, I did not chair the city council until I was six. Uh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was the guy who proposed <laughs> the law um, on Long Island that there be uh, juice benches just... Out, juice, out in the juice yeah, benches, juice benches yeah. out in the neighborhood. That was uh, that was Adams. Um, that it was, was brilliant. <laughs> so Adam, when you annoyed your mom, which I'm assuming you did, how did you know she was annoying? Did she have like a thing she'd say to you? You know that this actually is going to lead to a pretty interesting story. I hated being taken places uh, by my mom after school, like having to go shopping to the grocery store and. Um, and, 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 and wherever else she had to go. So I would annoy her by pretending to be... <laughs> wow, this is terrible. <laughs> I would annoy her by pretending to be really dumb or abused. <laughs> In like public. You, like abused? Oh, yeah. Like, like, like what would you do? Well, like one day I was really mad at her. We were at the liquor store and she was buying uh, like all, the, all this wine for a party. And I had already asked her, mom, just leave me home. I don't want to come. And she made me come. And, and at the front counter of the liquor store, the, the, the lady said, um, would you like a lollipop? And I said, oh, a lollipop. Thank you. We never get these at home because mommy <laughs> spends all our money on wine. <laughs> and then I... T- Turned to my mom and I said, look, mommy, a lollipop. (laughs) And she got this frozen smile on her face and said under her breath, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I did that to her all the time. It was bad. So um, if you what do you think your biggest one of your biggest assets is? I only have a few more and then. Captain Crinkle will be winding this up. You're doing a great job. These are fantastic. I I don't know I don't know what my my biggest asset is. I I, I mean how do how do any of us know what our what our biggest asset is? Um, I think you I, must have some sense though. I'm 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 a good writer. You're a good writer. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Uh, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I, I, you know what? Everybody says this, but it's absolutely true. I would, I would be, I would be thinner. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if I would say that. <laughs> well, here's the thing. No, when I, I was just in, wonder if that's what I'd pick. Like, like a lot of people, when I was in my twenties, I was super fit, um, and I haven't been in in several years, and I, I, I would like to be. Several years? So you're 27 now? I'm 29. Oh wow. Huh. Boy, you've let yourself go. Um, <laughs> so, okay, some of these are kind of corny, but I was just curious. What would be your fantasy life? My fantasy life? Oh, he's living it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm living it. <laughs> he's living his fantasy of life. Of course. He's on Nobody Listens to Paul Poundstone with us. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I got to tell you, um, my fantasy life is pretty much exactly what I'm doing now, just with more money, <laughs> more work. But I, I, you know, I love I what I do. I thought you were going to say that. I, I, I love my family. I love where I live. I, I love all the things I do. I don't have... Uh, there's not a lot that I fantasize about that that isn't, you know, just ha- ha- having more of this. Adam, answer the phone. Really? Yeah. Paul, <laughs> answer the phone. I'm on Bonnie's podcast. Yeah, no, answer the phone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hello? Yeah, yeah. hey, it's you, Adam. Adam, it's me, Mike Boom Boom Bonifant. This is your fucking fantasy? <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> I am so touched. I really really am, man. I mean, I've always loved you. I have really always loved you so much, Adam. But for you to say that just being with us is all you wanted out of life, man, that is... I I didn't mean you, Mike. I I, I didn't mean you. Well, no, I'm... You know, I call in all the time, Adam, and uh, that just really touches my heart. Honestly, (laughs) it does, man. Okay, man. I feel bad. I wish I could have gotten over there last weekend, you know, but there's a, you know... Uh, I just heard there's a virus, and so we're not, you know, supposed to uh, be, you know, can't really be around other people and shit, but, oh, man, this is really a moment where you just say that you love, you know, be with me, and uh, I just want to say I love <laughs> being with you. didn't and say I, that, I Mike. I didn't wait really say to, that. You know, I'm telling you something. No, because I love Tony Anita Hall, and I love Captain Crinkle. But I'll tell you, and of course I love you. And the only thing that fucks up that show is Paula Poundstone. She is a bitch. I don't know how you put up with her. Hey, Mike. Hey. Hey. I don't care if you are caller number 81. You're caller number zero with me if you keep up that language, mister. Oh, man. Paula Poundstone's my friend. I'm so fucking close. I can almost taste the air-dried fish. Can I ask you to say goodbye? Uh, yeah, I just want to say, though, Captain Crinkle, I, I would love, like, to be on your show if, you know, I would love to be on your show. The, uh, oh, thanks, Mike. Yeah. I'd love to interview you sometime. What, what's it called? Yeah, Bonnie, I should have let you get this call. What's it, What's the name of the show again? Uh, you think you can crinkle with Captain Wrinkle? What is it? <laughs> what is it? Ooh, I like that. You think you can crinkle with Captain Crinkle? No, Captain that's, Wrinkle. That's... You know, you don't hear fucking okay. anything. <laughs> I don't tell you, you can really be an interviewer if you can't fucking hear anything. No, wrinkle yeah, with well, Captain a Crinkle with Captain. Yeah. Oh my god. Mike, just hang up. This is a deaf comedy oh jam. This is that's what this is. This is a deaf comedy jam. Deaf comedy jam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Boom, boom, Bonnie. Uh, hey, listen, Adam. Um, I gotta go. I, I'll call you later. I'll call you later. We'll hang out. I'm sorry I've been, you know, not around a lot, but uh, it's good talking to you, man. Good talking to you. Thanks for saying you really <laughs> like being with me. I didn't, but bye. Hey, uh, Bonnie, you're doing a great job. Are you done? Or you want to? You want to? No, wanna wrap I just it up have a couple more, even though they're kind of sappy. But I just feel like you know you might have some wisdom to impart to our listeners. So okay, here we okay. go. Um, so this is it, which is I'm trying to find my little note here. Um, okay, so what do you think will be the most important piece of advice that you'll give Baz? What, what advice for what? Well, like when he's growing up, while he's growing up, what do you think? Oh, would oh, be the you, most... Baz, you, you mean my son? Isn't that his name? 
Yeah, it is. No, no, no. I, I just didn't hear. I didn't hear you correctly. I, I, I think. I think I had a, a oxen yoke in my ear. I um, <laughs> most important advice I can give my son. Yeah, um, like the most important piece of advice you'll give him while he's growing up. I could. Like you know, I know what the most important one is that I've given my daughter. Yeah. What's that? Don't put stuff um, in your ears. Yeah, don't put stuff in your ears. <laughs> I think it's been to trust your instincts, and I've tried to really foster self-esteem while she's been growing up. I think that if you don't have that, you're really going to have a problem in life. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Wait, I mean, this, is, this is fodder for a lot of laughs. Well, Here. you know, <laughs> whose fault is that? <laughs> you know, what the fuck? Captain you're Crinkle. asking me all these really serious questions, and you're well, going, you not know. so funny. <laughs> You know, oh as, my a, God. as a host, you don't want to foist off blame like that. You save that for the White House. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just feel that our listeners listen to you every week and they might be interested to hear, you know, what you have to say. Like, yeah, in a bigger <laughs> way. Well, look, it's your podcast. Um, okay. what, all right. So the advice I would give, the most important advice I could give my son would probably be uh, to... Uh, Go easy on himself. He's a super motivated guy, and I and I worry sometimes that like you know he he he's he's hard on himself. And would the what would be the advice for Vivi, my daughter? Yeah. Uh, you know it, it's hard to it's it's hard to shape someone when they're seven years old. She's she's being who she wants to be, and um, uh, I feel like kids are kind of at. Uh, they're most perfect in some ways when they're seven and eight before the hammer of conformity comes down on them. So right now I want Vivi to just keep being who Vivi is. Oh, well, I was thinking your life philosophy, but I think these were two shitty questions that we'll probably take out and editing. I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to say that to your guests. Um, yeah, that's absolutely I'm, right. Now I think I'm going to close Adam. I, I'm trying to think what my last question should Wait, be. Wait, I'm just um, I'm just fascinated <laughs> that Adam thinks you shape someone. I love that. Yeah, keep keep that idea up. Oh, that you shape yeah. someone? Yeah, he doesn't know, does yeah. he? Nature and nurture. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. Nurture got see. nurture got the <laughs> shit beaten out of it. <laughs> that sounds like a couple of failed parents commiserating to me. Mm-mm. I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, I think I'll go with this, which is yes. not funny either. But okay, we know you've been a very successful writer in the business, including, I believe, that you were wrote on Bill Maher for 11 years. Right? Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, I did. I, you faded out there for a minute while you were asking. But yes, I definitely wrote on Bill Maher for 11 years. Okay, well, you know, no slouch thing. Do you have any advice for people that want to make a living as writers, say, yeah. in the television or movie industry? Get a pencil. Absolutely. I got a cup. I get a pencil out. <laughs> no, get a pencil, but also get a pencil out. Uh, no, a couple things I'd say in TV and movies. One thing, there's a lot of social stuff involved in being a writer for television uh, in particular. So um, take an improv class. Your communication skills are more important than you think if you want to be a, a, a television writer. And uh, number two is make your own stuff. Don't wait until somebody gives you a job. With the best of your resources, make stuff. Write scripts, put on sketch shows, make short films, make stuff. Never stop making stuff. 
That sounds like really good advice, and it's very similar to the advice I give people when they want to know about breaking into the business. So, Adam, I'm hoping after this little conversation that we've had, you know, one of the things that happens to me is every time I sit down to text you or send you an email, I always know that the reaction's going to be, I didn't understand or I don't agree. <laughs> Well, you might want to take an improv class, Bonnie, for that communication skill. <laughs> Bonnie, that's, I disagree with you quite a bit, but that's, that's not true. Um, I agree with you quite a bit. The not understanding is absolutely true. <laughs> so I'm hoping maybe that this, so, you know, we've got to know each other a little bit better. I'm hoping that Captain Crinkle has brought a little uh, information and insight to her audience. <laughs> and this is Captain Crinkle signing off from Crinkle Crinkles and Crinkle Crinkles. I have yeah. this to say to my audience. Adios. Oh, my God. Bonnie, I, I, I want to say something right away. I That was not even half the disaster I thought it was going to be. That was that was an ably conducted interview, Bonnie. Oh, thank well, you. Well, boy, you really know how to Paula? spin a compliment. Hilo. <laughs> <laughs> Shabbat so, shalom. Uh, listeners, just just in case <laughs> just in case you want to know, listeners, that is uh that's a little preview of what the, the Captain Crickle spin-off may look like when it comes to be. I I don't and, know. I don't have the performing drones. What do you, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you mean by Jones? <laughs> I don't know. You guys, you know, I don't know that I, I'm in for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so there might not be a spinoff, but there might be a spinoff about around the world with Tony Anita Hall. <laughs> oh, I am so excited because I hear we're doing fantastic in a lot of the minor outlying islands. That's what I want. And so that's why uh, Bonnie Burns, again, thank you so much. And let's bring up Tony Anita Hall. My pleasure. I really enjoyed good it. Good job, Bonnie. Yeah, I, 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 very thank good you, job. Thank you, Paula. <laughs> I love it that your, what, that what your philosophy when people ask you is the same as what Adam said. So usually what you say to them is, uh, I don't know, ask Adam. <laughs> that's a good, that's good advice right there. Go ahead, ask Adam. I missed that. Oh. Where was that? That was a joke. <laughs> wow. I didn't get it. I would it's, love to know. It's, it's what skills pers- that like that that make Bonnie such a great manager. I, yeah, yeah. What was that, I Paula? Agreed. Was that a well, joke? I was going out on a limb okay, there. Okay, let me ask you something. That. Was that when you tuned out as well? <laughs> no, I didn't. What was Go Ask Adam? You know what? 20 years ago, I wouldn't have had the nerve to say that. I would have just gone along with whatever Paula said. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 20 years later, you feel comfortable shitting on yeah. her jokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like when Rocky talks to Burgess Meredith, and Burgess Meredith tells him, yeah, I've been setting up fake fights for you all this time. You're really not a fighter at all. This is exactly that yeah. moment. <laughs> Bonnie's telling me that she's been laughing at my shit for 20 years. When she no, didn't really I hear what I said. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So we've been, for, so the first six years. I'll tell you something, Poundstone. Poundstone, you're not funny. Those <laughs> audiences, I paid them. I paid them to laugh. 
You no, can't you go out there and just talk to a regular audience. No. They'll rip you to shreds. I never, I never even no. heard what you said, for Christ's sakes. Wow. You misunderstood what I said. No, I got what, I what you said. said. Was, I understood what you no, said. No, you didn't get what I said. I said 20 years ago I wouldn't have had the nerve to go, oh, I didn't get what the joke was. You know what? Yeah, we got that, buddy. Hold on a second. <laughs> this will make it easier. Take this shovel. <laughs> Ouch! Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, boy, you know you 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 you're, you're you've almost dug to China. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we may see the the demise of me on this podcast. Yeah. Won't it? Yeah. Won't Doug will be small. <laughs> you call. If you call Paula's representation, you hear like, well, she's not my cup of tea, but I'll book her for you. (laughs) (laughs) Frankly. Never made me laugh once, but some people like her. Yeah. Can, can Paula do an hour? Double hour. I'll tell you what, Paula does an hour. I listen to about 30 minutes of it, and I get about 15. But, uh... I tune out after the first five. (laughs) But some people like her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't dislike the people who like her, but I don't really have an interest. (laughs) That's not it at all. Oh, you do do dislike the people who like me. I think I get it now. (laughs) 20 years ago, I would never have told you this, but now I can tell you, I don't get shit that you say. Oh my god. I am so excited about the personal the power and the range that Bonnie has taken in her whole life to finally be able to tell me <laughs> after that, that she does not find you funny. This is really spite. We, 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 we've worked together for about twenty seven years and she's finally saying it's not so much that she doesn't find me funny, it's that she doesn't really listen to half of it and she didn't get the rest of it. So that's <laughs> No, and I can see where you didn't think you were saying that about me. What you were trying to say was that you've been you've grown a lot over the years. You you I was just a prop <laughs> in in what you I was She's the, finally able to stand up to you, Poundstone, yeah. and tell you you're not funny. Yeah, that was really you, this was really a so I think when people listen to the Captain Crinkle show, it's a journey of personal development of Bonnie just telling off all the people in her life. <laughs> I know, because let's face it, after that very touching interview with me, she revealed, you know, Adam, you've always treated me like shit, and I'm hoping that this interview helps heal that. (laughs) That was was a cherry on top of the sundae for me. (laughs) So the whole Captain Crinkle show is just about that forging forward. Uh, Next, in fact... (laughs) Her next episode, she's going to interview a guy she used to go out with. <laughs> and thank you. And now that we know each other, hopefully you'll be less of a douchebag. When we come back. <laughs> and by the way, Adam doesn't know any more about you other than that you've become empowered as a result of this, you interviewing him. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god 
And and please stay tuned for next week's Captain Crinkle episode when Bonnie interviews her second grade teacher. You never believed in me. (laughs) (laughs) Settling scores with Captain Crinkle. All right, I'm going to insist that we move on now. Tony Anita Hall. I can't. I notice that you... You've been waiting in the wings, wearing that peplos now for a long time. We can just cut it. We can just cut the segment. Wait, we I, told... don't we have to go to a break? No. We, we don't? told we told no we don't. We've had two breaks already, Bonnie. Oh. Um we told My the mistake. listeners We told stop talking. Bonnie, you should do this. This is why you can't this is why we can't give you your own show. Once you start, there's no shutting you Bonnie, up. Bonnie, you should do this Boy. segment. You should take over. Do you hear how Adam's yelling at Bonnie? It's as if the healing interview never took place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Oh, my God. For for a little while, I felt like we'd avoided that thing that happens to us when we try to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Now on the other side of that interview, here we are again. <laughs> Tony Anita Hull, God fucking damn it. <laughs> Step on up and tell us about those no. godforsaken islands. Now. No. <laughs> Good luck, Tony. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible right here, because we are really I, deep into I this shit right now. So Tony I think we should cut the Tony. Tony, I'm going to do you a favor. And guess what? Please, cut it. Guess what? Those outer islands are going to be the thing that we've been meaning to get to for yes, next episode. Yes, I agree. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I owe God. you one, Felber. I owe you one. No, think, yeah, you're of, welcome, think Tony. of all the people Bonnie could interview on those islands. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh my heck. Well, all right. Paula. Uh, uh, you know, I don't I just want to say Can I just say I don't know yeah. how this fits into a show in any way? Yes. It it was like we were driving down the the road and and the wheels just fell off slowly. Yes. <laughs> I think it's been great. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> Oh my That's because God. you've had that empowerment and that development where you could finally say yeah, that after finally stand up to Poundstone after 27 years you didn't understand most of what I said and and you really just <laughs> no, you really, I've said before I've said before when I didn't get a job yeah you you okay yeah. but I'm glad to know that it. Ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's taken some of my nerve. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, listeners, um, when we come back uh, next week, I'm sure we might be talking about the United States <laughs> minor outlying islands and our popularity there. I, we never I sus- got to it. Although I suspect that we might have at this point lost that one listener. Um, Paula Poundstone, how's your uh, merchandise doing? Well, Italian. Uh, you know, my merchandise is selling like hotcakes in the minor outlying islands. Uh, you know, there's a place called Baker Island uh, and Howland Island and Jarvis Island and Johnston Atoll, Kingman Reef, Midway Atoll, Palmyra Atoll and Wake Paula, Island. Paula, we're going to. Yes, we're going to get to that later. How's your business? <laughs> 
Well, this is where... You're trying to get Tony to step up. This is where the Poundstone Pussy Pillows are really selling. It's uh, these minor outlying islands. Uh, uh, and, and they're all visiting PaulaPoundstone.com, are they not? Yes, at PaulaPoundstone.com, Adam, you can get the Poundstone Pussy Pillows, which are a rectangular pillow, homemade, I might add, stuffed with fresh catnip and uh, with a uh, cat joke on one side. And on the other side, um, when you order them online, there's a space for you to write your cat's name and I'll autograph it to your cat. Um, They have a grommet on one end so that you could tie a string around it and uh, entice your cat further with it. So the Poundstone Pussy Pillows are available at PaulaPoundstone.com and also new to PaulaPoundstone.com are RX Laughter videos, um, a couple of series of videos to lift your spirits during these dark days. And if you've tried to share with your friends that you're a nobody and you've had to say to them, well, first you click on this because they don't know how to get to a podcast. First you click on this and then you click on that and then you go over to here. Uh, No more of that. All they have to do is go to paulapoundstone.com and right there on the homepage is the podcast. Excellent. Now, we want to hear from all you nobodies out there. And if you want to enter our theme song contest or send us a succinct, pithy show description or just drop us a line, send it to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Wonder if Bonnie understood any of that. Uh, you, you, the, the, the Facebook line, Oh, Bella. sorry. You can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're all over the place. And check out our Facebook page at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. That's our show, everybody. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to house band Harry Orlov. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Ho. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez. Our late intern is Doug. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Now, Paula, I I just want you to understand that it's not that she doesn't find you funny. It's that she doesn't get your jokes. You know what I think is weird, Adam? How is it that she interviewed you, and in her interview, as a result of her interviewing you, we found out that she doesn't understand when I talk? (laughs) Well, that's the thing about the great interviewers out there. You learn about them while you're learning about their subjects. Yeah, yeah. It's like when Perry Mason used to be uh, questioning someone on the stand, and then somebody way in the back of the gallery would stand up and yell, Okay, I did it. It was sort of like that. It wasn't even my conversation. She was interviewing you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's how the masters work. Well, boy, she is. She just delves in, doesn't she? She really. 
She does. Yeah. She says like she says to you, what words of advice would you give to Baz? And it was it was touching. It was absolutely touching <laughs> to hear your response about, you know, being himself, not being too hard on himself. And then she just like I almost got whiplash when she said, Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't- and, and then all of a sudden she, she she kept that off with and Paula Poundstone can suck my dick. Right, exactly. <laughs> Precisely. She says, you know, and she just like from it seemed to me it was out of the blue. You know, just yeah. like, what, what advice do you give to Baz? And then she gives, yeah, I don't get shit. Paula Poundstone says <laughs> she can bite me. Yeah. Uh, boy. And then she oh, and then well. she finishes up by going, boy, I feel better. How about you? <laughs> hey, V. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.